Welcome to the Save Your Marriage podcast, dedicated to all the men and women out there who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages. Here, we give you tools, perspectives, and insight into how to save your marriage and have a thriving marriage. This podcast is sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. And now, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I just want to invite all the men and women out there to book a private, complimentary call with me. We will talk about your particular situation in private and give you lots of guidance and put you on the path to restoring and saving your marriage. Just go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call. That's C-A-L-L. Many times when people contact me about working on their marriage, they kind of tell me the reasons they don't think they can. They're basically giving me all of the excuses that come to their mind that keep them from taking action. They're thinking they're legitimate excuses. But usually there are some pretty major flaws in those excuses. But these are the reasons for them not to take action. And one of them is the idea of delaying the inevitable that my marriage is doomed to fail either way. So I had somebody said, you know, why should I work on my marriage? Because it's just going to delay the inevitable. I'm going to work and work and work only to have it end at the end, and then I'll be heartbroken. So why should I even put in the effort? And it's that idea of delaying the inevitable that often lodges in people's minds that they think, that what if you work on it and you just get to the same place? Now, there is some reason for people to think that maybe you've tried something in the past, right? Maybe your spouse said, I'm not happy, and you tried to do some things to work back from that, and things had gotten a little bit better, you were communicating better, and then you kind of slid back to your old patterns. You know, that's often the case for couples. In fact, many people find that it is a repetitive thing in life. It's really about changing our habits. We sometimes go right back to those old habits because they're the easy way for our brain to deal with things unless we really make true and real changes. It's part of the reason that sometimes people discover that they're constantly being pulled back to addictions. You know, you talk to people who try to quit smoking and you realize that it's usually not the first time that they've tried, that they succeed or people who decided they need to change how they eat. It's usually not the first time that that happens. In fact, one of the reasons that people make real and permanent changes is because suddenly they realize that things really are that bad, that they are in crisis mode, that they suddenly are aware that things really are at risk, things that maybe they thought weren't so bad. And so we have a medical crisis or a relationship crisis or something that points out to us that, No, things really are this bad. And then we start to make changes. But for many couples, this isn't the first crisis. Most marriages don't find themselves on the verge of divorce in the first fight or the first disagreement or the first hurt or the first hurdle to getting to something new. Now, let me just be very clear here. When I'm talking about this, let me give you some statistics. 100% of marriages, 100% of marriages have difficulties. We all have difficulties in marriages. 
about 50% of those people will either find a way to work it through or live with it. Now, that's the facts. Those are statistics. About half of marriages will end in divorce. But all of us, all marriages have difficulties, have disagreements. That's the nature of living intimately with somebody. And the question is whether we find the right dance together. Not how to limp along in the old dance, but how to find a new dance that works for us. So is the marriage failure unavoidable? Is it really inevitable? I mean, are you really only delaying the inevitable if you work on that? So let's talk a little bit about what I think about the inevitables. On a pretty regular basis, like four to five times a week, I play soccer and it checks a lot of boxes. But one of them, the big one, is that it gives me an opportunity to do some intense exercising. I take care of myself in part because I'm truly trying to delay the inevitable. I'm trying to delay when I might get sick and certainly when I'm going to die. I want to put that off as long as possible so that I can have as full of a life as possible. And the reason I'm trying to delay the inevitable is because it is absolutely inevitable. You and I and everyone around us will face death. There's no way around that. But for something to be inevitable, it has to be something that cannot be avoided. Now, back to the exercise. Delaying the inevitable is not the only reason I exercise. I also do it because it allows me to enjoy life more. I have times with my friends. I enjoy a sport that I absolutely love. And I get some me time, some alone time. So I've realized that there are many things that happen in life where I'm able to go further than other people because I'm in better shape than some other people. And so maybe I can walk more than some people. Maybe I can hike further. Maybe I can run longer or faster or do something else that will allow me to keep going. And it allows me to do the other things in life with greater enjoyment. So if I have a basic level of health and I'm able to move around with less pain, I'm able to do more things in life. A lot more is open to me because I happen to be in better shape. I also have more capacity because of that. I have more energy during the day. I get better sleep. I get more things done and do it for more time, which allows me, and this is the big one, to make a difference in the world. I'm able to escape death. So the question for me is, what I can do between here and the inevitable of dying? How much of a difference can I make in the world? How much of a difference can I make in the lives of those I love? How much can I make a difference for those in my immediate surroundings? If I'm in better health, I'm able to do more of that. So better health in comparison to if I did nothing. So part of my task of staying and being healthy is not just because I'm trying to delay the inevitable, but because I want to do more in the world. I want to have more richness in the world. I want to have the ability to enjoy life more. At the very minimum, I get to enjoy this moment much more by being in better shape, which is a little different than some other things. For instance, I have a a friend, right, who has a back porch, and for years he's had this rotting column, right, and he keeps trying to kind of paste it along, and he doesn't want to replace it because he knows it's going to be a pain in the butt to replace right? They're going to have to jack it up and do all this work to get it done. So he keep kind of just paste it up and put band-aid solutions, right? He adds reinforcements and wrap things around it to keep it together and, you know, 
puts new screws in it to kind of keep the pieces together and all those things. And basically at that moment, he's delaying the inevitable. But here's the cool thing. He can make it a non-issue anymore at any time, right? He can have someone come over and they can actually repair it fully and it'll be done. It won't be an issue, right? They'll make that pillar into a stronger pillar and the house will be stronger and held better. And then they will no longer need to be patching it up, right? Their patio is going to be safe and secure because they actually fixed it and replaced it, right? They came and they fixed it. Somebody came and they fixed it. The patio is the same. Everything else is the same. The home is the same. But that pillar, that one thing that was in trouble got replaced. And so we could either delay the inevitable of it finally crumbling and causing a problem or we could actually do something that would make a true difference. Or my friend, my friend brought an old rotting house and he decided to rehab it. And instead of delaying the inevitable of kind of moving in and allowing the walls and everything to fall around behind him, he stripped the whole thing, you know, walls all the way down back to their studs. He took the house all the way back to its foundation and he started building again because what was in there was crumbling around him and needed to be replaced. It wasn't inevitable that the house had to crumble, but some things had to drastically change in order to have that from happening. Now, here's kind of the myth. People come to me and say, you know, if we could just go back to where we were, everything would be okay, right? If we could just go back to where we were at some moment in time in our relationship, everything would be okay. Right? If we can get back to that old relationship and they always give me a time when everything was good, when everything was okay, and they always give me a time right, three months ago, a month ago, or a year ago, or five years ago, or 10 years ago, or 20 years, or 30 years, at some point they look back and they say, if we could just get back to that place, then everything would be okay. So to burst that little bubble, that myth, that's not where you want to get to because where you were got you to where you are now. And going back to where you were will only get you back to where you are. And that is only about delaying the inevitable. It's not about getting to that old place. It's not about revisiting that. That's not what you want to do. If you are only here to avoid the inevitable or delay the inevitable, that's what you do. You try to go back to that old place. Now, let's just pretend like that never happened. That old place never happened. Let's pretend like the affair never happened. Like, let's pretend like the fight never happened. Let's pretend like that disagreement or that whatever never happened. That doesn't change anything because all of those events happen based in the reality of the relationship as it was at that moment. It wasn't able to sustain full growth. So we have to find somewhere new. And that really is the task of saving your marriage, finding a new relationship, not a different person, but a new relationship between you. So I always think that there are three options in life. This came to me one day when I was listening to a friend of mine and what he did. He was in a very miserable job. I'm not going to go into all the details, but suffice it to say that he was ready to quit every day. He was so tired of what was going on, dealing with the people he did not want to be in that office doing the things that were not enjoyable to him, 
making no different than coming back the next day and doing it all over again. And it occurred to him as he was staring into the twilight evening hours, you know, one night, right? As he was staring out of his cubbyhole of a room that he was in, in this large building all by himself, up on top, you know, on the top floor, away from everybody else, as he was staring out the windows, he realized that he had a couple of options. The first option that occurred to him is that he could leave. He could just quit that day. He could turn in his resignation, type it up, walk it downstairs, leave, and never come back. He could quit. That was his first option. Option number two is he could suck it up. He was getting a paycheck. He needed a job. He needed a paycheck. And so he needed to be doing something so he could suck it up and just keep doing it, knowing that the results were always going to be the same, that nothing was truly going to move forward. But he could do that and keep just moving forward. And then it occurred to him that he did have a third option. And he could do something completely different in that place. He could take what he was doing and transform it into something more powerful. Instead of being where he was, maybe he could stop it being a dead end and make it into something huge. Now, what he was doing was he was talking with clients who had been referred to him by the court system. So they didn't want to be there. They didn't see the need for help. And their families didn't want to be there either. And they didn't see the need for help either. So what he did was he built something bigger. He said, what if I could do something bigger? And he created a family life center where you know, he did family therapy and family education and other programs for people who actually did want to be there. And it became extremely successful and he was fulfilled like he had never been fulfilled before. So option one would be just break loose, quit. It's kind of giving up on your relationship for your agenda. Or option number two was for both of you just to be stuck in kind of the lives that you were living or you are living right now, which is really about the delaying the inevitable. And number three, like my friend, is to build something, something completely new to find what really makes a difference for the two of you, to build a relationship that would be sustaining and loving for both of you. That was the third option. That is your third option. Expand into something that's worthwhile, something that's powerful, something that can make a difference. And that's the challenge in a marriage that is in trouble, is to find option number three. I believe that option three is always the magic for us throughout life. When we're stuck looking for option three, it is a magical place. The third option is not about delaying the inevitable. It's not about thinking, is my marriage failure unavoidable? It's not at all about returning to where you've been. It's about building something new. And by the way, along the way, you get to transform yourself into something bigger and better. So that said, I admit that there is no way I will save 100% of the marriages for people who use our material in the Fortified Spouse Program. I will also tell you that I will give you the tools to transform yourself and potentially transform the relationship into something that you have not known before. My feeling is that if you're able to step into that, it is absolutely worth it, even if the relationship doesn't make it. But what if it does? 
What if you create the marriage that you can treasure and your family can see and your kids can see and the value that is in there by demonstrating the power the relationships can have, the strength that a relationship can have? That's what happens when we step into building something new between two people. That's the capacity that we have when we take the risk. You see, when we're afraid of just delaying the inevitable, we're allowing fear to whisper in our ear. So when you stop listening to the whisper, you may find something else calling you, something bigger, something calling you to do something greater. If you've been locked in the struggle for a while, it can be hard to see that. But this isn't about delaying the inevitable. It's the potential for transformation. It's the potential for finding something new in life that you didn't even know about and your spouse certainly cannot see. You see, delaying the inevitable is playing the old game, using the old patterns, relating the old way. But what happens if you can do transformation? What happens when you find the third option? Many people come to me saying, if you can tell me that I can save my relationship, I will absolutely do it. And I tell everybody, I can't tell you that you will save your relationship, but I can tell you that if you do nothing, what happens is nothing will happen. You can't save your relationship. The process of seeing if there's something on the other side begins when you step forward. And that takes courage. I believe that this process of saving a marriage is courageous action because you have to face your fears. One of your fears is, what if I'm putting off the inevitable? What if my marriage failure is unavoidable? But there's something calling within you, something deeper within you saying, I think that there's something that could be here. I believe our relationship deserves a chance and I want to take that risk. So the question is between wanting to take the risk and allowing the fear to dictate to you. I never find fear to be a very good friend. I never find it to be a very good advisor. Just telling you that this is important, something you need to attend to, not something you need to run from. See, my belief was if people know what's possible, then they can step into what's possible. But you can't step into what you can't see if fear is dictating your actions. You have to be able to see a new place to go. You have to be able to see that third option. That's what the Fortified Spouse Program is about, helping you find that third option and having your spouse see something that they are unable to see right now. Thank you for listening. Now, I want to introduce you to the Fortified Spouse Program that has helped thousands of women and men just like you save their marriages with an 85% success rate. It is based on four fundamental pillars. One, gain the tools to reconnect with your spouse. Two, understand the differences between men and women so we can appreciate and be more empathetic with our spouse. Three, learn how to gain inner confidence so we are no longer codependent on our spouse. And four, deal with our insecurities and triggers so we are more emotionally in control and not as easily triggered. If you're interested in learning more about these tools to immediately stabilize the marriage and postpone and delay the divorce or separation 
or win your spouse back from an affair, then go to www.fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program. It is going to change your life. It is going to make you the best version of you, and it has the highest probability of saving your marriage. You have been listening to the Save Your Marriage podcast for men and women. For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you. Thank you.